I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode number 55 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, and I'm pleased to say that SP is here this week. This is the most exciting part of my week, let me tell you. Mostly because I had a really terrible day at work where I went into work and I was going, 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 working on a big project and everything. And at the end of the day, I sat down and just was for like five minutes. And just like the end of the Picard season finale or the series finale, I just I, I fell asleep like Worf. <laughs> Well, I am glad that you managed to wake yourself up to come and podcast with me because nobody wants to hear a Steven Solo show, contrary to those having previously been scheduled and you coming and saving them last minute. Uh, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody, including me, wants to hear it. Matter of fact, if you would just go away right now, everybody would be fine. There you go. See, everybody, I made your wish come true. Steven has left the show, at least for now. We have a lot to talk about this week. A lot happened in the past week that is relevant to hobby podcasters. Yeah, for sure. Let's start with a follow-up with uh, with the lead item from last week, the SAG-AFTRA strike. Uh, we talked about that last week, and in it, we mentioned there was some confusion for podcasters and whatnot, and hey, guess what? Pretty much the day after we recorded that, they actually put out a whole guide that made it really clear for podcasters, and a lot of the things that uh, people were speculating did end up being the case as far as what was barred and what was not barred. Now, if you actually went to our show notes over at betterpodcasting.com for the last episode, you would have seen there was actually a link to that guide in there because I threw it in there since I thought that someone might happen to go to our show notes, see it, and I wanted to have that information right there. But we didn't talk about it because that actually came out afterwards. But the summary is that, yes, um, podcasting and reviewing um, SAG after work is considered promotion. So therefore, if you are doing that, you are um, uh, going against what the guidelines are for the SAG-AFTRA strike. So if you want to be a potential SAG member in the future, might be a good idea not to do that because they have said that, you know, that that would be scab activity or whatever the official word was. I never looked it up after last week, SP. I think the word was struck. That's what I want. Like ah. you're striking a struck work. But there has been some debate on whether that is quote unquote legal or not. I don't know. The bottom line is if you do want to have no complications going forward, probably not a great idea, especially if you're doing it for a hobby podcast and you don't have any, you know, monetary value sunk into it other than your own project. And just full disclosure, I did lose a co-host from Legends of Shield over it, at least inter, you know, for the time being during the strike itself. Lauren has decided she doesn't want to ruin any future possible SAG work. So she has declined to participate in the podcast, at least talking about live action stuff. Turns out animation is still OK. So we might cover that next. We were thinking about it anyway due to the Marvel. Uh, I want to say evolutions. I, I forget the exact title of the animation show, but we're thinking about doing that one next just so she can come back on the show. And it's something for us to talk about. See, this is a great example, though, of you having to pivot your hobby podcast because of professional work right now. That's that's uh, I think, you know, we've talked about it before things like this will come up 
where personal or personal endeavors and professional endeavors might clash when, when it comes to your personal podcast. So, you know, th- this is something that you're down a host. You might pivot to a different source of material, even though you were thinking about it before, but that might help decide for sure. And uh, I think it's a good example of it. And I think that also it's it's nice that you all are wanting to do something that she can come back because I did hear that um, I think the uh, the series you were covering, which was the Marvel um, Secret Invasion series, I heard that it was just like universally loved. It's over now. And that, you know, (laughs) you know, you're getting all sorts of people asking you to cover it all over and over because of how much they all loved it. I am going to try to do a binge watch after I watch the final episode. Full disclosure, I have not seen the finale, but I've heard and seen lots of talk about it because I had to work today. Like I mentioned before, it was a busy day for me. And then I came home and then I had to wait for Steven to start podcasting. So I have not watched the finale for Secret Invasion and I will binge it. But there are several people that have issues with it. And we've talked about our issues with it for the first three episodes, four and five got a little bit better. And I'm wondering how it would look on a rewatch or a binge watch all the way through. We'll see. You're totally right. It is kind of stupid to wreck future employment over the show. It's just, no, 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 don't do it. As much as we love doing Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and our audience loves hearing us on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the audience that has stuck with us all these years we want to give them content. They want to listen to us as much as that goes. If it comes down to a future employment opportunity, duh, take the employment. Unless, of course, you just won the Mega Millions. Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to check that all out, we'll put it in the show notes again for this week. But you can also go to episode 54 show notes. They are in there as well for the podcaster's guide. It is a lot clearer, clearer than it was at recording last week. Indeed. Hey, by the way, question for you. Quest. Are you on social media? (laughs) Like, are you on social media? And and if so, like, you know, is it social media, you know, like X or Y or Z? Which is it? (laughs) I can't tell because it depends from day to day. Since we recorded last, all of a sudden it came out of the blue that Elon Musk wanted to change the branding of Twitter to X. So Twitter is now X. Now, I haven't gone to X.com. I still log in at Twitter.com. But it is entirely X branded now. Well, not entirely. They're continually. Okay, we won't get into the ins and outs of it. Basically, Twitter is now X. There is a bunch of additional people that have said they're leaving, that they can't take it anymore, and they're going to other platforms. I kind of think it's silly for those that are really complaining about going to other social media platforms right now because they don't get the same uh, scope as they used to, the same reach as they used to. So they're going to other places. And then when they go to the other places, they're like, Oh, but it's hard over here. Yeah. Welcome (laughs) to our world, right? This is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. We've been seeing stuff go and you really have to work on it for years in order to get a good following, unless you're just famous already. And most podcasters are not just famous already, especially most hobby podcasters. So There are issues with other places right now. I know Steven and I are now on Blue Sky. We're both on Threads. As far as I know, Steven, you haven't hopped on Threads. We have Mastodon. I'm on Threads. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I said. I think we're both on Threads. We're both on Mastodon. Uh, You have a TikTok. I don't. I have an Instagram. I don't think you have an Instagram. So we've dabbled outside of Twitter across the board. 
I just wish you would actually state what the name is rather than just saying X. Like, why are you using a variable substitute? Did you hear today <laughs> that the Twitter handle at X, they didn't offer any compensation. Yeah. They didn't say they didn't even ask. They just said, Here, here's your new handle and we're going to take your old handle. We've it, got it. That doesn't surprise me based off of some of the changes in recent. Um, but, you know, that's that's their prerogative. It's private property. They can do whatever they want. Um, we'll see, we'll see what comes of that at this point. It's one of the least surprising things I have to say, but, um, yeah, so I wanted to bring this up in the context of podcasting because obviously we've talked about Twitter before and, you know, our Twitter and things like that, then you might've done the same on your podcast and all of these things are now old. They're all out of date. And, and this includes things like your website. And your show notes, like we have for a long time had in our various uh, episode descriptions, find us on Twitter at BetterPod or whatever. And we've said that on, on this, all this stuff is out of date. All of this stuff, the icons are out of date. If you have on-screen graphics, like right now we're using Restream for our chat where it used to have a Twitter function and there would be a Twitter icon when someone would reply to the, to the video. Well, that would be out of date. So all of these things and maybe your pot, your uh, social media plugins on your website, they probably have an old icon because the rebranding to X became very happened very quick, even to the logo. Like it was just like drop of the hat. We're doing this basically is what, what happened. And so none of these supporting services are going to be prepared to change that over there. And also your audience might not be in the know about this as well. It's such a big event. I think a lot of people will have even in mainstream media, but the reality is there could be somebody if you're all of a sudden like if right now I was go find us on X at better pod. That might be a little confusing to some people. So anyways, um, I think that it's just, you know. The other the other side of it from a podcaster perspective is we've talked before how we used to be able to curate a lot of content um, with our audience through Twitter. And we've also talked about how that's really diminished over the last while. And this is this is not only over the last since Elon bought it, but this is also predating that as well. So, you know, some of the it dwindled during the our hiatus as well, some of that interaction. But a lot of the algorithms have really changed since Elon bought it. And it's a lot harder now to reach people. So um I think that it's a good a lot of people might want to use this as an opportunity to realize switching from something that is so name recognizable like Twitter to X. This might be your wake up call if you haven't already that Elon's vision or the future of Twitter is different than what it used to be. And that shouldn't be surprising because it's been very clear that he's had different ideas. And and I think that, you know, if if you were still holding on to the hope that Twitter would would just be what it used to be, there's obviously a bigger picture to go from Twitter to X with such big name recognition as Twitter. Elon might be pivoting the social media for the future, like five years from now, like five years from now, it could be pivoted and positioned to be very, very competitive amongst the field. Right now, it is not friendly to everybody that's using it. So you're going to have to find your audience elsewhere. We've talked about your audience in the entire last Better Podcasting main show, this the season three. So go there. There's lots of tips 
on how to find new communities if you're lacking your community on what used to be Twitter, what's now X, and you're just searching for more or you want to grow your show. We talked about that too. So we have already pre-positioned you with the knowledge that we would give you in this case. So go listen to those episodes in season three of the Better Podcasting Main Show. They will serve you well in the coming weeks and months. The only other thing I want to throw in here is I think an important word of caution. If I was a betting man, I would probably say that this is not going to happen. But I think it's, it's prudent that we mention Elon has a history since he bought Twitter of making changes and then recanting on those changes. And this is something, you know, he throws something out there and then he and he's like, wait, that's not working. We're going to go back on that. So they took the bird off the building. Uh, I was going to say, so I, I would think that he's not going to go back on this, but you know, it would be something that I should throw out there potentially if all of a sudden this is a disaster for various reasons, maybe, maybe, but I, like I said, if I was a betting man, I would say no. (laughs) They might not be able to go back to Twitter. I don't know. After all this, they might not be able to stay on X. They might have to rebrand something else to something else coming up. So we'll see. I mean, there's a whole bunch of digital rights involved. We were not going to get into it. We're just saying, stay tuned. If, if you Your bread and butter is on what used to be Twitter, what is now X. Stay tuned to what's happening. It's a wild ride right now, and it has been for months. I never thought we'd get to this point this fast, but we are. So just stay tuned. I'm pretty much off of it now. I I mean, I I pretty much made your piece. Pretty much made my piece. You know, talked about, made some outgoing posts over the last little while about how awesome the Gunna Geek Discord community is. Best geek community around. And and now I will be in the sky that's blue or the moose. That's a dawn uh, or, or maybe uh, uh, I'll, I'll be watching my threads. I don't know. There's something to be said about continually advertising and just keeping it in in the mindset because it people are jumping off at different points. So they might not be ready or be able to join something like Blue Sky because it's invitation only. So just keep on advertising Every once in a while, not like three times a day, but once or twice a week, maybe three times a week. Hey, you can find me at these other places in addition to your other content. Well, 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 let's just say potentially that could could get you in hot water with terms of service. There's been some controversy with that in the past. So I think it's important that we mention that. Sure. That advertising elsewhere has been something that has been actioned before. Which is why i've done it with pictures and not with links Uh, a very good point a very good point (laughs) uh but yeah anyways keep your eyes on x indeed i got nothing else (laughs) we talked about something else this past week now i do you've done a tv review show before with the walking dead and i have done the majority of my podcasting with uh, review shows, TV review shows, not really movie review shows, but really TV review shows since I started producing podcasts in the 2013 timeframe. I mean, there was Voices of Defiance, Starling Tribune. There's uh, the stint that I had on Strange New Worlds. There's Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a bunch of TV review shows, and I've guested on a lot of TV review shows. We got talking a little bit, and I, I just I was talking to another producer, actually Strange New Worlds producer, Sean, and I was just talking back and forth about what's the level of editing that you have to put in one of those. So it's been 
known for a while, if you're podcasting on like a TV show, if you really want the majority of the clicks, the day that the episode drops, you want to have an episode out that night. So people who are watching it can then listen to your show the next day. And then they move on with life. They move on to the next thing. I haven't done that too much with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And largely it's because I've wanted a better sound quality. We talked about that on the show, wanted better content quality, wanted better sound quality. But I don't know if the audiences really crave that. I think they just want the immediacy. So that brings up the question, what, and we've talked about this before, but I'm directly applying it to shows that might be doing, you might be doing now. It's what is good enough for a TV reaction show for podcast editing? How many mistakes can you throw in there? Can you leave crutch words in if it's listenable, but there's still noise in the background, like a fan running in the background, like Stephen talked about last time, or if there is a siren in the background, baby crying, dog barking, whatever things that can distract listeners. Is that okay? Or do you want to try to remove that and move on, try to get the best possible audio? And then we've had this whole conversation when it comes to the uh, TV shows. And when the pandemic hit, they were not prepared for all the stuff that happened at home. And the audiences gave a lot of people a lot of slack for that. Meanwhile, we're sitting over here with podcasters saying, hey, we've been doing this for years over here with good quality. Why can't you guys get it right? So basically, Stephen, I want to have this conversation with you again, is what is acceptable in 2023 for a hobby podcast, especially a review show that is maximized by getting it out that first day? Yeah, I think to me, I think there's probably um, sort of two levels of of the type of listener you're going to get based off of uh, where you're like the the quality you've got. So if you have some uh, uh, quality that sounds really good for people checking out and looking for shows, you're probably going to be more likely to to bring those people in if you sound good. But once you've sort of established a following and then there starts to be some some buzz about you or some discussion about you or it ends up being that um, that you become almost an attraction to the space. I think that that drops a little bit because people are more forgiving when, you know, there's already this community buzz about it. And and that's sort of that whole idea that you've talked about before, where like, you know, a famous person can, you know, get away with more sort of things. And and if you are known within the space or, or there's a community in there, the people are going to be a little more uh, probably forgiving because they want to be a part of that community. So I think if you had like terrible audio, you know, just unlistenable, I think it might be a little hard for people to actually find your podcast and stay around that that might be a problem but i think there's a balance <clears throat> i'm gonna leave that in too just you know to to spite yeah, myself from to, two weeks ago right um mm-hmm. but i think there's a balance to be had where it can be listenable but there are still distractions like that cough actually that i just did right now i think you know if it was make or break between getting your show out on time the same day um and leaving that in versus a, a bit later and taking that out, I think, you know, you would leave that little throat clear in just because you'd be more likely to get audience um, that is looking uh, for that same day or next day content. And I've seen this a lot on YouTube reactions as well and whatnot. You know, someone finishes watching 
uh, an episode of something and they go to YouTube and they start searching for videos. And I think podcasting is the same way. They want to get that and they want to get that now. And when things do end up being delayed on YouTube, sometimes those uh, view counts are down, it seems. So I would say as long as it's not distracting audio and it's something that, you know, shows your passion and it shows that you're well thought out, I think that's sort of the 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 level of the bar level that the bar would be at and i know that's sort of vague but i think that's that is the nature of it if you're trying to get a reaction podcast out in a very timely manner you don't want to over edit it this it doesn't apply to me because i've been podcasting for a long time now some of it applies to me i'm not perfect but i think it would more apply this question i'm about to ask you or this situation that i'm going to postulate i think it's more applicable to a brand new podcaster say you haven't podcasted for a while or you don't have great mic technique you aren't a great public speaker and you're learning how to do it that's you're excited to podcast you're excited to talk about this thing but you have a lot of crutch words. You say, um, a lot. You have a lot of repeated words. You have a lot of stalls as you're going on. Your speech is not really tempoed well. Is that going to be distracting to grow your audience? So you want to grow your audience. Can you let that go? Or would you be better off editing, fixing your microphone presence along the way and then once you get it good, then start churning the content out. I think that for reaction shows, I think I suspect people listen for the people more than they do the quality um, because they're looking almost to have their opinions validated or even, you know, a little internal battle with, with the with the things that people are saying if they disagree. And so I would think that that would be not as important as maybe another type of, of podcast would be. And as you go on, you might start to get a little bit better about that. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I would put a huge amount of priority on it unless it's like really dragging back the pace of your show. And what I mean by that is if you're putting out a sentence and, and that sentence takes you three or four attempts to get right, then that's probably not going to be good for your show. I'm interested to hear what our audience has to say on the matter. So let us know what you think. We have an email address that is podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Let us know what you think there or come to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Let us know what your level, uh, your acceptable level of quality is for editing on the specifics of a hobby reaction show to a TV show. I would like to know what everybody's thought is. I'm more and more going towards what Steven is thinking. It's more fun. You get a lot of content out there. You might not necessarily grow your show, but as much if you were a little bit more finesse in your editing, but it just gets to be a grind, especially with a TV <laughs> review show. If you don't do the content and then just get it out there and then Really, the value is you're the center of a community or you're a piece of the community that's talking about it. And you just want to have that talk. You want to enunciate that discussion. You want to instigate it and you want to take part in it. And you want that to keep on going for the next week until you get to the next episode. That's my opinion on a TV review show. And what if people want to give their feedback on X? Where can they do that? 
We actually have a <laughs> channel on our Discord server, which was renamed by one of no, the... no. I meant on the subject. Where where could they talk about talk to us and give their feedback? I'm instead of talking to us on Twitter, they're going to find us on X. Where can they find us on X? At, At Better, Better Pod. Pod. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or they can go to our channel on the Discord, which is called X Discussion. And that's that's all chat about about X, aka yes. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh hey, and yeah, if you come to our Discord server and you want to actually get feedback on the question that SP just asked, um, let us know if you listen to these sort of reaction podcasts. You know, drop a few in our better podcasting channel. Um, preferably not yours, because I don't want this to be promotion, but let us know what sort of reaction podcast you do listen to um, for uh, things like TV and whatnot. And and what is it that you like about that specifically? What drew you to that? So we'd love if you could ex sort of expand a little bit on some of those uh, actual podcasts that you do listen to in that realm. Sounds good. So last week, Stephen, you had a very interesting question about the temperature in your office. I did. Yeah. So if you didn't know this last week, I talked all about um, how I threw a portable AC, finally got a portable AC for my office and all of the, the things that come with that, including noise if I was to run it during the podcast. And for the last portion of the podcast, I did run it. And um, here's the overall gist when I went and I edited through it is I honestly, once I did my usual workflow, which is basically take my raw audio, bring it into DaVinci Resolve, have a bunch of plugins on there, including uh, an extra noise gate, as well as a, a noise NS1 noise plugin, as well as a few other random plugins in line there um, through the software. I didn't change anything. And honestly, I thought that overall, you couldn't hear it. I threw my headphones on. I did a little bit of analysis. Yes, there were some areas that you could. Yes, when I started to talk a little bit quieter, then it kind of came through. But overall, with my usual signal chain, I had I, I honestly would would gladly take the trade off if it meant not sweating in hot weather. So I thought that it worked out. And we asked in our audience um, in the Discord as well what people thought. And we did have Randy Walker say he didn't hear it as well. But I did do a little bit of experimenting. And what I found was um, I actually thought no NS1, the noise isolation plugin, was a little better than the uh, RX7 version of voice denoise that I have. But voice denoise also did a good job in it. And then when I actually shut both noise uh, removal plugins off, then you could hear it a lot more, but not as much as I would have thought, meaning that the gating or the microphone audio rejection um, through either the Shure SM7B or the Rodecaster Pro, likely the latter, uh, were taking care of some of it in itself. But it was definitely there when I removed the noise removal. But like I said, this is something that's usually in my production workflow anyways. So I'm glad I have it. And yeah, if it gets hot, I will just deal with the consequences and just podcast with it. I was going to put some clips in here and everything, but honestly, I wasn't really happy with how they how they demoed and everything. So um, I, I'll just leave it as my voice analysis. I didn't really hear too much. I mean, we talked about it at the end of the show last week. I didn't really hear too much about it. I think you're doing a good job either through the noise gate or through the processing itself. And I would think being comfortable in your studio and being able to podcast what we're doing, talking head podcasts, 
I think that's probably more valuable than being in a completely quiet. Now, if you are living in a place where there is an air conditioning vent that is blowing directly on your microphone or you have a fan <laughs> that's going directly into your microphone, that's a different story. But that's not your case. You're isolated a little bit from the distance between the microphone and the unit itself. For sure. Uh, in our chat, by the way, we had a Liberty do make a comment. He goes, as far as audio, as long as content is good, most audio is good enough. Deal breakers, constant plosives, high pitch shrill, feedback, overemphasized mouth sounds. I threw that, that little in there, but I assumed that that's what he was saying while he said it. There is a pretty prominent podcast about podcasting right now that I listen to just because it's dealing with podcasting 2.0. And I, I just want to learn more about it, see if it's applicable to hobby podcasters. So far, haven't heard anything that's applicable to hobby podcasters. It seems like a lot of additional work for hobby podcasters, but I'm still listening. I'm getting it. And unfortunately, the over-processed live tracks, it's just terrible. The plosives, the uh, noise gating that's clicking in and out, specifically in where you get that click. You know, a noise gate will click in as you're mm -hmm. going into a word, whether it's a plosive or whether it's just a, a hard hit word or something like that. I can't stand it. And I cringe every time I listen to that show. And to be honest with you, I listen to that show about 2.5x so I can get through it as fast as I can. 2.5 social media? Is that what you mean? That's exactly right. <laughs> I multiply it by the number of social medias, 2.5, and that's how I get through it fast. Right. Uh, hey, do you want an update since we've talked so much about your Roadcaster Pro 2 saga over this show and the Better Podcasting Main Show? Do you want an update about my Roadcaster Pro? Yeah, what's going on with yours? Well, remember a while ago, I talked about how I, I so innocently or I so negatively uh, blamed a problem on my innocent cat where every now and then I would come in to the studio and I would see that my Rodecaster Pro was recording randomly. And I had assumed that because the record light was pulsing and the cat that's often hiding away from the younger cats in the den uh, will sometimes randomly walk around. And I just assumed that she was smacking that record button because it was blinking. And why wouldn't you if you were a cat? Heck, sometimes I want to do it just because it's pulsing. But yesterday, I went into the office to work in the office, and I came back home, and my SD card was full, mm. and it was completely recording, and nobody or no creatures were in here. Now, I have shared a similar story before, but this is the second time that I can conclusively say that it did not No, nobody was in here to start the recording. So there's obviously something that happens, whether it's an electrical contact or it's something else with the USB causing something weird and the computer wasn't on. But I, I don't know. I never heard about this with anybody else. But, you know, this has been something been going on a long time. And like I said, I just assumed that it was a creature. But I just thought I would mention that. Yes, obviously, I do have that on my Rodecaster Pro one. Well, I haven't heard of it at all. Have you searched for it on Reddit or on YouTube to see if anybody's had anything to do with that? The last time that it came up, I did a quick Google and I didn't see anything. I didn't this time, though. Have you contacted Road Technical Support to see if they have any sort of fix that you can do in your studio? I did not because I was going to okay. swap it out for the um, 
And remember the other one. What's yeah, the other the one? Other one. Yeah. Mixed cast. You, well, you, you have so many. The I didn't know cast. what the other one was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just wondering. Yeah. So if you're from Road and you're listening to this, we would like an email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Let us know if this has a known thing with mm-hmm. the original Roadcaster Pro and let us know how to handle it. And I'll, I'll gladly, you know, if, if it helps, I'll gladly give the Roadcaster Duo a shot just to see if it fixes the problem. So if, you know, if they want to send me one for trial, I, I'd be happy to give that a All try. Right. <laughs> Noted road, noted. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to go to another thing or should I? Yeah, I, I like to go next. So since we recorded last, I have made two updates to my studio. Oh, have you? I have. First of all, I snaked new XLR cords Ooh. to my Roadcaster Pro 2 because my old, I wish I would have I put it back in, in the drawer back there. It The connection to the microphone was actually coming apart. So... I was like, yeah, it's probably about time. I think it was one of the original cords that I bought back in 2013, 2014 for the studio. Been about 10 years. Might as well think about changing it out. Just to, <laughs> you know, just to make sure. I went with a Cable Matters cable. I've had good luck with those. So I went with those and ordered them last night. They came in today. So I snaked it in and I threw it in the system. So hopefully it is working just fine. But when's the last time you changed cables in your studio? Uh, I did just when I got the SM7B. I changed my main XLR on that. Part of it was a wiring reason. And part of it was because I realized that it had been a while since I'd been using the same XLR cord. And I thought it's a good mm-hmm. idea. I do think after a time, they start to go a little bit funny. And you and I have both heard differences with different cables. So I did. I did that. Um, then when I did the whole desk reconfigure, I did change a couple of my other cables that were in line for the streaming process, but, um, really, you know, since I decided to dump all that equipment, you know, basically take a page from your book and, you know, get rid of all that other outboard equipment. Um, I don't have much that matters other than for the live stream. Obviously all these other cables are involved with the live stream, but for the actual recording, it's really the microphone, the cable from the mic to the, whatever's recording, in this case, the Roadcaster Pro 1. So, you know, that's kind of nice from a cable carrying perspective, because let's say all of a sudden I start to get a little line noise on one of the cables that are involved in the process for the streaming. It's just the streaming audience affected. It's not the final process. Yeah, and I was looking at that too, going whatever. Also, the other cable was 20 feet long, and I was like, yeah, I don't need it anymore. Mm. It sneaked around the desk and back in because I was trying to hide it. And I was like, you know what? The microphone stand is right to the right. The system, the Roadcaster Pro 2 is right to my right. Let's just go from the stand, hop over from the shelf to the desk. It's not all on the same desk. It's There is a little air gap there. But nobody goes back there anyway, because that's where I've got my computer. So I decided to go ahead and do that. So that was one of the two updates that I did since we recorded last. What was the other update? I have a Sure SM7B again. I went ahead. This this was kind of a miracle thing. And there was a six-hour deal on the Sure website. I had been thinking about getting one of these again, just because I was thinking... Maybe before I didn't know what I was doing. Maybe the preamps that I was dealing with weren't good enough. Maybe the actual microphone that I had was bad. But I decided, well, let's give it another go just to make sure because everybody's head over heels <laughs> over the Sure SM7B. I'm like, all right, well, let's do that. You know, maybe I had too much bass on at the time. You know, I was I was I was bass heavy, right? Yeah. So let's let's give this a go. 
there is a six-hour sale at Sure. Nobody knows why exactly. I haven't heard why exactly. I suspect it's due to their anniversary. But they had a system-wide sale for six hours for 40% off. Yeah. So you could get a $399 US microphone, the Sure SM7B, for with tax and free shipping for $240. So I was like, heck yes. <laughs> Let's try this out. Let's do this. If it's not now, it's not going to be ever. And there really wasn't another Sure microphone that I re- that I really wanted to try. So, I mean, I've been talking about the MV7X. Yeah. But I'm like, that's kind of a step down for me. MV7 going from social the- media. Right. That's kind of a step down for me and social media to go from <laughs> the Electro Voice RE320 to a MV7X. I am still interested in trying it out. But I was like, ah, I have this opportunity to get a $300 or a $400 microphone for close to half off. I'm going to take it. So I have been recording this episode predominantly on the Shure SM7B and Steven knew it right away. I don't, when did you actually know that I had the SM7B? Uh, I I noticed you sounded a little bassier and then I paid a little better attention because actually I'm having troubles with the chat actually seeing it on screen. But once I, once I heard you were a little bassier, I I really looked and I I noticed it there. I thought maybe you had it right off screen, but then I noticed because you've got a, a windscreen slightly on screen and it's kind of, it's hard to see, at least in my little preview window with your shirt. But as soon as I, I heard the difference, I, I did um, I did notice it visually at that point. OK, but but I actually I, I I'd have to go way back. I do think you sound a lot better than the last time we did it, because it to me last time you did that, you said it sounded like really obvious, like that's not great for you. You do, I think you do sound bassier, unless there's some other variable at play right now and you're actually screwing with me and you're on the RE320. Um, I do think you're a little bassier, but I, I, I will tap it just so you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do think you're bassier, but I think that that clarity, the clarity that we love of, of the RE320, it's more there than I remember before. I, I, it definitely is a different sound without question. Um, but I, I, I think you sound good on it. So. Okay, a couple of things. And by the way, for the audio listener, just so you know, I printed off in the middle of the show a sign that says you sound good on the sure because I, I knew SP wouldn't believe that I, I had picked it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, it was a good thing that you did. So that is all clear. I'm glad that you you figured that out. So I am using the Rodecaster Pro 2's setting for the Sure SM7B. I did increase the... Uh, the in the settings, I increased the gain by two. It comes in at 55 naturally. I increased it to 57. I'll be interested to compare how you are uh, EQing yours on your machine before it goes out. And I do have the fader up. It's on the third or the second one up from the middle big one. So I have increased the gain a little bit on it, but I have it neutral because there's some settings on the back. I did it neutral because I didn't know what uh, what to call it. I do. <laughs> I haven't put the plate on the back yet. I, I've still have the plate in the backing. And I have the bigger windscreen on it. I don't have the smaller windscreen. I remember last time plosives were a big issue for me. So I went with the, the bigger one. And Stephen, if you're okay with it, 
I can switch to the other track. I can't record both at the same time. So I haven't been recording both at the same time, but I can switch. So if you're okay sure. with me sending you two tracks, I yeah, will switch. for sure. And and I'll, I will say that I'm interested to hear the difference once it's posted as well, because once you add the extra, um, uh, it's not compression. What What's the actual name of it? Um, anyways, whatever. It's, it might as well be compression. Once you add the plug-in version, that sometimes affects the sound as well. And that could be what maybe really draws that bass out for you as well. Because, you know, we've talked about before, you've got a much bassier voice than this this guy right here, which sounds pre-puberty. <laughs> right. So now I'm on the Electro Voice RE320. I could tell a oh, difference yeah. just in the gain yeah. right away, right? I'm a little bit more clear. So I like the clarity on my voice versus the muddleness. The muddleness, if I was listening to it for a while, it'd probably put me myself to sleep. So I do like the natural EQing of the RE320 versus the Shure SM7B. But if people like me on the Shure SM7B, I'll do that. By the way, the last comparison I did with the two microphones, I went back. It was Better Podcasting episode 26. That's the episode that I did the live comparison between the two. And we had both microphones back and forth. I was able to record both microphones at the same time. So you could go back and forth in the track later on. And if you want to hear my last recording with both of these microphones, it would be there. And then also, we've been wondering between you and I, what happened to that microphone that I gave away to mm. a co-host and we just, we didn't know. I confirmed with the owner of that microphone that he has used it in the past year. He oh, bought wow. it out of storage, he found it, and he has been using it for his corporate gig stuff. So ah. it is back in service my original <laughs> SM7B. And, and now you're back to another one. Yeah, you know, there is quite the stark, uh, stark contrast there between the two once you switch over. Um, and definitely that higher end is is missing once we go back. But um, like, you know, on, on the, set, the SM7B, once we went back to the RE320, but I still, I, I don't know. I still think it sounds better than that last time we tested, but I don't know. I, a lot has changed. So the... Road Cut Procaster 2 has a better preamp than what I was using before, basically. Oh. And there's a lot of gain staging. And I did have the bass up before, you know, in those early years. We talked about that before, and I've I've turned down my my bass. I even in my editing, I use a, I guess it's high pass filter, anything 150 below I take out in my post. So I probably sound a lot different now than I did back then. Also, I'm 10 years older, mm -hmm. so my voice has changed a little bit. So you get some of that, but I'd be interested. I have not, I just dug the episode number up. I have not gone back. I wanted to kind of compare and contrast this episode with that episode just to see what it sounded like between the two. But if you're interested in what I sound like on a Shure SM7B, I'll probably keep it in the studio for a while. And I deliberately, I it wasn't trying to fool anybody. I thought Stephen <laughs> would pick up on it right away. Actually, when we connected, we were just so rushed when we connected, he didn't immediately pick up on it. But I wanted to have both microphones here. I'll probably take the Electro Voice RE320 off of the stand, off of the, the boom arm, and I will put the Shure on, and I'll run with it for a month or two just to see how it goes. I'll, you know, twiddle around with the EQ. We'll talk about it, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm just thinking eventually I'll find my way back to the Electro Voice RE320 I just, I think so. And I did want to get the RE20 microphone next. Right, That's right. really what I wanted to get. But if you're talking an epic sale. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was such a, 
a ridiculous deal that you posted in our Discord server, which by the way, this is a reason you should be in our Discord server because SP came in and he posted the deal. And before anybody could even really react, other than SP, it was gone. Uh, and you know, there was a lot of people that that uh, didn't real or a lot. I think there was two, but there was a couple people who commented that um, they were surprised it was gone so fast. And I I don't think I commented, but I was surprised. But in any case, um, that deal was possibly there if you had been in our Discord server. Now I will say this: that I I definitely think that um, the 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 boomierness is more present with your voice than say somebody like myself. I know I kind of mentioned that earlier, but I I do think that that will be something that might be a polarizing thought um, when people do listen back and and it might really split the feedback depending on where people land on it. Um, but maybe not. We'll see when it's all posted. I think you sound good, but but I, I, mean, I do notice that that same lower end quality that you mentioned the last time you tested it. There are people that review microphones that are head over heels for the Shure SMB. I have yet to hear somebody that's really an advocate of the microphone that has a deeper voice. They all have mid or high mm. level voices that really like the Shure SM7B. And I think that's a bias in their reviews. It's not a bias for them because it works for them, right? But it would be a bias for me because I want to hear somebody that has a deep voice. Now, I will watch streamers doing different things. Uh, I'm interested in a topic, so I'll watch a stream on something. They will have a Shure SM7B that will have a deep voice. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the the bass is just coming at me and just enveloping me. And it's OK for a little bit. But the longer you go, it's like I want a little bit more mids. A little mm. bit more highs and a little less bass. Because if I'm listening to just talk, I want it to be a little bit more pleasant to listen to. But that's just me. And you have it on mids right now? Is that no, what you have? No. So for the audio listener, I am awkwardly sitting as I tried to bring my microphone way, way back into frame so that SP can see I also am backless. I'm still on flat on, on the thing, but I also have not put the backplate on just to, you know, we're we're backplate free buddies. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably I'll probably next week I, I won't do anything with the Roadcaster Pro unless you have a, an epic suggestion. I'll probably start fiddling around with the toggles behind the microphone just to see how it goes. And and we'll just go year, week by week and see how it goes. Also, by the way, question for you. Do you have the box with you right now? Is it near you? Yeah, I have the cover. Was there green on the box? Oh, yeah. Okay, because that was something we noticed when I bought mine was I, I dug up an old photo of your old one. And uh, the old box was very color free, uh, grays and blacks and whites on there. And then the new boxes, there's green in a few different places. It's like they were trying to make it shinier and fancier. Yeah, it took me a while to get it out of the sheet. It's basically a sheath that goes over the box. And last night when I was setting it up, I was like, Gosh, just to push it through. I didn't want to rip the box cover, right? So I'm like <laughs> trying to push it through. And it wasn't connected with any tape or anything. It's literally that tight that you have to really grab the outer wrap and then push it through. It was just very irritating for me. But they did package it well. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Well, congratulations on your, per your purchase SP and welcome back to having an SM7B. <laughs> yeah. For those of you wondering, I doubt I will get rid of this because 
things change over time. And if we revisit this in another 10 years, I'm not buying another Sure SM7B. I'm going to be keeping this. So don't be bugging me on, hey, SP, I want your Sure SM7B. It's not going to happen. Such a good price. Such a good price. I'm, I'm, it, I'm it glad amazing. you did. Because I'm, you know, when nobody else got one, I was a little bummed out that nobody in our Discord had bought anything. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> I want to publicly thank the person that, told me about this because if this person didn't tell me about this, I wouldn't have been able to tell anybody else about the deal and I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of it. I was literally driving to work when the message came in and I was like, eh, and I fiddled with it. Well, actually I got it right before I left work and I got to the website. It was really weird because you actually had to put it in your cart and then the coupon code would just automatically go in there. So we're thinking it was actually a site glitch. But sure, as far as I know, has honored every single purchase. Mm. And then they fi fixed the glitch about six hours later. So I don't know if they had planned on a six-hour sale or what. But I put it in my cart and I'm like, eh. So I drove to work and I'm sitting in the parking lot at work. And I'm like, if I don't do this now, I am going to forever... <laughs> It's not like Amazon, like I could just return it. It's from sure there's probably some restock fee and shipping and whatever that I would have to pay. I'm just never going to let it down. And I thought if I do want to sell it, I could sell it for probably more than I got it from because used ones of these go for 250, 300 all the time. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I, th I think I'm good in getting this. And even if I turn around and, and sell it, I think I'm good. So I bought it and then I went into work. And by the time I got back out from work, because I can't have my phone with me in work and a lot of sites I can't get to. And I didn't try to see if I could get to sure.com. But my work uh, web presence is, is really degraded. So when I got back out from work, it was gone and the deal was gone. It was yeah. over. I was like, oh, thank gosh that I got it because it was like, a, and then I was wondering, are they going to honor it or not? And it took one day one day for it to arrive. It arrived via FedEx the next day and actually early in the morning. So I had to send my pregnant daughter who's off for the summer over to the house because I wasn't going to get there till later in the day. I was worried about somebody being a porch pirate. I was worried mm. about the weather getting to it. I was worried about a lot of things. So she ran, she, I called her and she's like, I got you covered. I got you covered. <laughs> so she came over and, and put it in the house. And then she got back home and I told her to call me when she got it done. So she did. She called me and said, like, oh, by the way, what was that? I was like, it was a $400 microphone. She's like, oh, I'm so glad I came over. <laughs> well, that's nice of her. And uh, I hope that you, uh, you buy her something nice. Well, she is pregnant, so there's a lot of nice things headed her way. <laughs> In our chat, by the way, at geeks.live, we do have Liberty Dude saying, buying from Sure Direct helps one feel they didn't get a fake one because there are fake ones out there. And that's, you know, that, that's a big trouble with the used market, especially. But, you know, it can happen with third party vendors. They can get uh, they can get suckered in or maybe possibly uh, intentionally do it as well. I'm pretty sure I bought my first one from Sweetwater. It was either Sweetwater or B&H. So I'm pretty sure my first one was not fake. Yeah. But if I would have bought from Amazon or another vendor, I would have always wondered if the one I had was not a real one. And that's the trouble I was having with the microphone. So that's another reason that I did get it straight from sure. So again, thank you so much, Liberty Dude. It meant a lot to me. You demand. Uh, so... One last thing that I was going to mention, by the way, sorry, that was a really awkward transition. Um, so one last thing I was going to mention was that uh, I, you know that I did the switch to DaVinci Resolve. I switched over mm -hmm. to DaVinci Resolve 
And there's a couple things I've mentioned that I missed about Vegas edit. Well, here's the thing. In the last several years, and we're probably going back like five years or more, every year the new version of Vegas edit, formerly Vegas Pro, uh, that comes out is in August of the year. That's when they've been doing the releases, which means we're, in theory, getting closer to another release by Vegas. Now, I would... If, if for some reason the experience ended up being super stable all of a sudden with a new release of Vegas, I would like to get back to Vegas. There's a few things I missed about it that might be possible in DaVinci Resolve if I paid for studio, but there's the, the price tags a little higher on, on um, DaVinci Resolve to get the studio edition as well. There's a few things that I don't even know if they, if I, it's possible to get them in DaVinci Resolve. So I don't want to spend a bunch of money, though, on a program like Vegas Edit, where it might crash on me the first few times and I just go get so fed up and go, no, I'm back to DaVinci Resolve. Because honestly, even with the shortcomings that I've been finding, DaVinci Resolve, just my sanity is, well, my sanity as far as editing goes, is much better on DaVinci Resolve than it was on Vegas because I can reliably save and it's fast and all this other stuff. But... If I could, and I could still have that same sanity back on Vegas edit, I would do it. So here's my plan, SB. I don't want to spend a bunch of money on it. Okay. I'm going to, once it comes out, I think I'll, I'll pay for a month of their subscription service because they do offer it in a subscription service. And it's like 20 bucks Canadian for one month. So I think that would be a reasonable thing where I pay $19.99 basically for one month and give it a try and see. And if all of the other problems why I left Vegas are there, then, you know, I won't go and I won't go and I won't pay more in order to upgrade. But if it's a lot better experience, then you know what? Like it's, it's the price of a, a slightly more expensive fast food meal that, that I, you know, to, to try it out for a month. So I think I'm going to do that. I was going to say it's the half price of a cup of coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> that too. So, I don't know. What do you think of that plan? Is there is there a fault in my plan? The only fault I have is if you go ahead and turn around and actually buy it straight out, you will have spent the $20 and it doesn't get applied to your actual right. purchase. That's the only downside that I can see. Also, you might not run into all of the issues in a month for using it only four times a month, basically, on Better Podcasting. So you might have to sink two months into it. So that's $40 versus $20. So maybe even more than that. So it's all an issue of, is it worth it? What's the return on investment or not? Uh, I am still on 19. I think 20 is out right now. And I think you're talking about 21 coming out. Yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if 21 is going to have some of these things solved or not that you're worried about. I know that it hasn't really crashed as much for me anymore on 19, but that's probably a combination of my newer, more powerful computer. And 19 is basically in a stable mode at this point in time. But there are still quirks. Like if I'm doing a lot of edits, for instance, I don't think we talked about this too much. If I'm doing a lot of edits on Vegas 19, and then I go to render an audio track or maybe even render the video, the audio effects are not applied. And what I have to do is I have to close the program, save it, close the program, open it back up. And that fresh resolve of no, nothing on the clipboard, no, no backs, no, uh, you know, undos in the memory, it 
does the uh, effects just fine. But it's just an extra step. It, it's a bugging step for me. And I also round trip audio. I pre-process it and then I put it back in. And then at the end of my edit, I will process it again. I won't process it again, actually. But I will. Actually, I will because I, I put limiters on it. So if I combine audio from separate tracks, it won't uh, go and start clipping if you combine the audio. So that is a quirk that I'm living to willing to live with. But it if you don't know about it, it's like, this is so frustrating. My project didn't render okay. It's just very annoying, I guess, if you don't know how to do, actually work it. And there might be some setting in there that I have wrong that enables that, but I, I really haven't sought out the solution for that. I just, it's easier for me just to close it out and open it again. Yeah. And those are the sort of bugs that I don't really want to put up with. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm not optimistic myself because some of these problems have been around for a while, but I guess never say never. Right. Never say never. I mean, I've been using it for a couple of years now. I don't think I'm going to go for 21. I think I'm pretty yeah. stable at 19 right now, unless there's some huge capability with 21 that I'm missing. What if I say, what if I use it and I go, you know, I've never had it crash once. As long as you say it's your best experience ever, I might go ahead and do it when it's on sale again. And just so we know what dates it might possibly be, I went and I looked it up and apparently Vegas Pro 17 released on August 5th, 2019. Vegas Pro 18 released on August 3rd, 2020. Vegas Pro 19 released on August 18th, 2021. And Vegas Pro 20 released on August 10th, 2022. So hopefully it's at the beginning because before that it was the end of August that they were being released before episode uh, or episode before uh, edition 17. So version 17. Okay. We'll see. All right. Well, that's a lot of talk for the week, Stephen. It is. And it's a lot of sure talk because we were both on sure SM7Bs. We were? It's sure. Also- oh, I missed it. It sure is a lot of talk. Yeah, it, it was surely a good episode. <laughs> oh terrible if you want to check out the better podcasting site please go to betterpodcasting.com you can find all of the show notes there including a link over to our discord which is at betterpodcasting.com forward slash discord you can also find sp over on the legends of shield podcast you can occasionally find me on the gunna geek show and you can also find me creating special editions of steven's hypnosis podcast where i subtly convince sp to buy an sm7b <laughs> subtly so you enabled the sale i did that was me okay well thank you and a lot of people thank you because i think sure lost a lot of money that day (laughs) is there anything else you would like to give a shout out to sp go to the gonna geek show there's a lot of gonna geek.com website there's a lot of great things there and steve and i talk about this all the time come to our discord server we have not only us but a lot of people there talking about what's going on in podcasting next week I'll talk about a how I save my podcast story, as well as the FTC released new guidance on what you have to do if you're reviewing something on your show. Oh, that's going to be a good chat. So for episode number 55 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Steven saying, let us know your thoughts on SP's mic. This is something I'm looking forward to. MSP saying, thank you again, Liberty Dude. You demand. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.